Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. Brother Todd Knowles. Hang on, let me get my headset on. Hey, Scrappers. What's up, bud? Hmm? Hey, stranger. How you doing? Doing good, partner. How about you? Man, I tell you what, I'm doing good. Been busy, been busy. I tell you what. Let's see. There's Ips Beetles going on. Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) There's Ips beetles. There's a hunt going on. We got spillways failing. We're getting ready for dredging. It just, um, you know, we're trying to finish up our mowing. So, well, tell me about spillways failing. What's going on there? Well, you know, we just rehabbed the Panita spillway over there because the concrete had all come off and was crumbled up. And all that was left was a rusted rebar. Really? Yeah. The it's something that that, that the concrete the engineers came out and looked at it from Garver and Garver. It's some, I can't remember what it's called, but it's something that, that the concrete gets that it goes to failing after many years, of yeah. course. Well, it's been 20 and years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just crumbling up, and I was afraid we was going to lose a spillway wall. Wow. So, uh, so, yeah, we just poured that. Matter of fact, we just poured it Monday. And then we had people going and vandalized it after we poured it. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Well, uh, for those of you that don't know, Todd Knowles. Todd, what's your title today? I am the uh, superintendent of lakes, common property, forestry, dams, spillways, and uh, wildlife. And I thought that they, they didn't put tiddlywinks in there because they were talking about putting that under your category, but <laughs> just all the above, well, right? Whatever whatever they need me to do, hey, I'm more than willing to try to help out and get it done. I mean, that's why we love you, seriously. Tell me about what's going on. What do we have an update on? What can you tell me about today? Well, we... Uh, we're doing a timber management project right now. Uh, we're fixing to start over by the Coronado Trail. That's the Coronado Boat Ramp. 
uh, we've got a bad infestation of hips beetles over there in that stand of timber. And uh, there's probably about 30 dead trees in one area right there. Just wait, 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 hang on. So when we talk about Ips beetles, it's easy for me to po- look at the plantation pines on the far east end, the gate going out to the Soto, whatever. This Coronado, this is mixed. That's not, it's got deciduous. It's got all kind of stuff. Why does it have, what's going on? Well, it, it is, it's mixed. It's got plantation and shortleaf pine. But oh. the the thing about it is, uh, you know, when they're so overgrown and, uh, you know, you hadn't got the proper spacing between your trees, the Ips beetles that can travel in. They got started in there, and I tell you, they've—they're dying at a, a very, very fast rate. Wow. I mean, like they'll be—they—they they were green two weeks ago. I went in there last week, and and we had a bunch of them that had already died. And and yeah. like I said, we got about thirty that 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 are dead, and the bark slipping off of them. Man, down by the yeah. marina, huh? Down by the boat ranch. The boat ramp, yeah. Man, well, and I tell you what's got me concerned for those of you. Let's do the five mile high view. Ips beetles are a small beetle that aren't very smart, don't go very far, but they go from tree to tree. And when the trees are planted too close together, they okay. can ravage an area, much like they did the very east end of the village out there, or the the east gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do we have to go back in and thin it? My concern, Todd, is if you have to take out too many trees, you're going to get erosion into the lake, aren't you? Yeah, and that, and that's that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a strategic thinning that we're doing to where we're not going to have any kind of erosion issues if we can keep from it. I'm hoping we can go in and, you know, the trees that are already dead, Dennis, they're, the beetles are already gone from those. Oh, really? They, they, they leave them. it when the ho- when they kill the host yeah, and they move when, on? Yeah, when the, when the tree's dead, now they're in the green trees trying to kill some more. So um, <clears throat> if we can get in there and get the proper spacing, the weather cools off and the weather starts cooling off this fall. It'll slow them down. They don't, they don't hardly move during the during the fall and winter time. Well, what about so, the area uh, just to the west of that? There's an area that some of the roads aren't even paved just to the west of that, across uh, Balearic, you know, just to the west, mm-hmm. the other side of, of Balearic there, uh, a, a, a subdivision that probably didn't have 10 houses in the whole place. But they're not there yet because, I mean, they could take over a place like that, and that's private land. Uh, you can't just go on somebody's lot and cut their trees, right? Right. And, and you know, there may be a – couple of dead trees here and there but they're not they're not really there yet that's why we're trying to be a little proactive yeah. by doing some management timber management you know and uh get the pine trees get the proper spacing you know uh people they they'll, they'll tell you you know well you're just doing it for the money you're just doing it for this you're just doing it for that no we're doing it to properly manage our forest which haven't, haven't been done in quite a while we it hasn't been done in a very long time and you have to have the proper spacing or you're going to get what they've got at the Coronado Trail down there at the at the boat ramp, and they're they're closing the trail off. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Monday morning, and we're really? gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna start cutting down there Monday. Man. I mean we get we got to try to get in there and get get some of that done quick before the, that whole stand will be dead. Before I'm gonna say within a couple of months we don't do anything, Man. every tree in there will be dead. Man, man, man. And, and you know, I understand what you're talking about playing the weather. You know, if it cooled off quicker, then you could at least have a little time to kind of manage we, and see what's dead have, and what's not. Right. We could get, you know, it'd give us a little time, but man, these things, it, it's killing them trees quick. And it, and it's because it's that, that the, that the ground's so dry, mm. you know, the trees are stressed. They're not getting a whole lot of rain. They're not getting, you know, the, the water they need. And those beetles are, man, they're just, they're going through them. In, in a in a regular pace. So well, I tell you what, I, to get that 
I've got a whole lot of questions, so let, let's move quick if I can. And thank you. Yes, for sir. Being, uh, next one I want to ask you real quick. I heard that we had a fish survey, and I want to hear where the big ones are. And apparently some of them are just over my shoulders, what I'm hearing tell. <laughs> there is. Hey, we've got, we've got a, uh, we did have a fish survey on every lake in the village. We actually really? done every lake in the village, yeah. Even Lago? Uh, well, no, not Lago. <laughs> but every, every other lake. Every lake that you're allowed to fish in. Oh, well, uh, oh, you said allowed. Oh, allowed. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so Katie and her crew, Samuel and Dakota, they, they done a very good job. They got, you know, they went out, they done a fish survey and, uh, yeah. So we, we, we actually have a, uh, you know, we've got a pretty good, pretty good crop of fish. Do, does it look biggest, healthy across? I'm sorry. Does it look healthy across the board? It does. It does. And some lakes are a little overpopulated. Take, really? take Maria. Take really? Maria, for instance. Yeah, Maria's overpopulated with bass. With bass? Uh, with bass. The, the, the bass are, uh, overpopulated and they, they haven't got enough, uh, they haven't got enough stuff to eat. I mean, they haven't got enough bait fish. Really? So, uh, yeah, and they're not growing. I mean, you catch when they, when they done that survey out there, uh, there was, ah, man, they were, there's no telling how many just 16, 18 inch fish. And, uh, Ooh. they're not, they're not growing any. Whereas, you know, Isabella, there was two six pounders. Uh, the soda, you know, there was, a, there was some, uh, some rather large, rather large fish. Rather product. large, rather <laughs> large. You're getting too diplomatic yeah. these days. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I don't want people to, to you don't uh, want to give the exact over, numbers overpopulate, uh, the soda up there, but, uh, but hit Santa Maria's what, like Maria's what I'm saying. Hit it. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah. Get you if, some good if, bass. If you do fish Maria, we, we encourage you, please keep the bass you catch. Don't catch and release. Uh, please keep the, keep the bass that you catch out of. Well, how, how do you get fingerlings back in there? I mean, they, they have to spawn, of course, and have minnows and they, yeah. Yeah. They do. And with the proper habitat and, you know, and it's something that we may look into having to, having to stock some. Really, you know, I I know next spring, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to stock some more grass carp in some of our lakes, like Segovia and a few more of the smaller ones. Are, are uh, we gonna work on? Uh, uh, I mean, you uh, is it you you said habitat? <clears throat> is it brush like Christmas trees left over or what? I mean, how do we do that? Yeah, Christmas trees, just anything, you know. I mean, uh, cinder blocks uh, or whatever, that's, right? Yeah, that that's that's your main your main you know, habitat that we, that we encourage in the lakes is, is your cedar trees, natural habitat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not that really that they don't have the habitat, the habitats in there. It's just, there's so many bass, there's just not enough bait fish to go around. I mean, Isn't that as, soon as, as soon as they hatch out and they go to swimming around, I mean, it's just a, a feeding frenzy. So gone, huh? Gone. Yeah. Gone. Oh, so, uh, how are the, uh, apparently I read something. I can't drive across the dam anymore, Todd. What is up with this, huh? You can't actually. Uh, you haven't really been able to an earthen dam. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. Uh, and you know it, it costs the POA money. People drive on them, they, especially after a rain. They cause potholes. They cause tracks in it. Then the 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 state they they come out to inspect our dams, you know, and they find that as a uh, a regulation that you're uh, you're violating. And, uh, so we then have to go back in and buy the gravel and send the manpower out there to grade it down, to roll it, you know, and spend a couple of days, even sometimes a week, you're doing our dam press. And, uh, so yeah, the, the police are actually going to start writing tickets. If you see a sign that says 
authorized vehicles only. Please make sure it's an authorized vehicle only going in, in there. Now, that's not saying you can't walk it. People walk their dogs on them all the time. And and I'm going to try to send my bush hogs in on uh, on some of them and keep them mowed down the top of them to where yeah. you know, people can walk their dogs and, and enjoy it. Well, you know, dams and, are... Dams are just fun, such a funny animal. You you talk about, I mean, in my mind, and I, I know Jeff Adkins, who had, you know, years ago mowed some of these dams mm-hmm. under a contract. And I remember, you know, there's all these, this brush on the backside of the dam. And I'm thinking, well, that's great, right? It stabilizes the soil, right? Wrong, right? Yeah, you don't want any kind of uh, woody vegetation on the backside. So this year, actually, what I've done is I had uh, a company come in. Uh, it's called... Uh, IVM, uh, International Vegetation Management. Hmm. And they came in and they sprayed chemicals to what we need, such as the backside of the dam. You want a grassy growth. You don't right. want any of your, any of your, your, uh, broadleaves growing. So they sprayed a broadleaf killer that doesn't hurt the grass. So that allows it to kill your broadleaf hmm. down into the root system. And then your grass then will, will, will flourish. And, uh, then, you know, we had to, we had to spray, of course, the front side of all of our dams. Yeah. And we've done all, we've done all that with a drone. Yeah. You had mentioned you were going to try yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't know what had happened. And man, that worked out. That worked out great. You know, uh, we, we got every one of our dams sprayed within a couple of days. We're used to, we had to walk the dam and spray it. People say, you know, they, we publish, we, we actually publicized that we were spraying the front side of the dams with a drone. And people actually started complaining that we were spraying chemicals on the front side. What they didn't realize is we'd been doing this for 20 years, but we had to do it. I and mean, ne- we and never used the drone spray. to do it either. We never used the drone. So it, they've always been sprayed because we had to, uh, you know, and uh, so so the drone worked out, worked out real well. It, it, you know, you walk them dams, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of time and, and a lot of uh, great a lot way to twist an ankle. Great yeah. way to twist an ankle. Yeah, and and you know, and, and and what you'd have to do is actually, you know, most of your dams, we would have to spray the from the crest down about halfway. Yeah. And you'd have to go back a week later and get in a boat and come in and spray from the water side up the dam to meet that halfway point that you reach from the crest, uh, and then spray that all the way down. So, you know, it was it was a pretty Pretty big uh, operation that we had, and it was very time consuming, and and so this actually saved us a lot of money, and and got the got you know met our objective, what we were trying to do, and and uh, you know it worked out real good for us. Well, two things. Number one, I want to go back to the woody vegetation. The problem, as I understand it, and I'm certainly not an expert in this area, but when you have woody vegetation, you do let larger trees grow. You something that has a root ball. That tree gets wet, saturates the soil, pulls loose, and pulls a big chunk out of the back of your dam. You now have a problem, right? Very big problem. Yes, very big problem. Mm. And uh, actually, when I took these over, Dennis, seven years ago, there was trees on the backside of the dams that that we couldn't cut with a bush hog. You had, really? We had, to, we had to literally go in and remove them with chainsaws. You know, they were, they were so big. And that root means the root ball had already been established by that time. Right. Right. So, I mean, we've actually started maintaining our dams the way they should be maintained now. And, uh, you know, and, and Kelly and Ken has allowed me to uh, actually, uh, some of our drawdown pipes, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to try to, uh, Isabella, uh, Lake Dam drawdown pipe. There's a, there's a company called Spiral Line 
eggs. And they came out and they done a, a demo for us on one of our culverts. And what they do is they, they it's a hard plastic that they that comes in four inch strips that locks together and spins. And they can they can line the inside of a culvert and they can actually line the inside of our drawdown pipes uh for a long ways. Now this is a hundred and eighty foot drawdown pipe that they're gonna wow. be able to line for us. And the reason I the reason I say that is uh We've got to do something with our drawdown pipes because, you know, Dennis, when they built these dams, the drawdown pipes was put in with corrugated metal pipes. Corrugated metal pipe. And let's see, yeah. corrugated metal pipe's going to last about 10 to 15 years if it's not exposed to water all the time. Oh, let's see. It's at the bottom of a dam, so it's exposed to water all the time. It, exactly. So we're going to try to get these lined, and, and you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm blessed to have Kelly and Ken behind me to, to kind of get our dams, you know, up to where we don't have to worry about them. we don't have to worry about them failing and and they they're going to be the way that they should be well it's and funny you should say also. that i'm sorry it's it's funny you should say that todd because i'm doing the wayback machine in my head and i'm thinking things that were four or five years ago let's see we drew down the lake every one of the le- lakes were on rotation to be drawn down to spend expensive money moving mud around that we didn't really get a lot out of and then putting it in bags and waiting for the dry bags to dry. And things have changed a lot. I'm not, and I'm, I'm both bragging <laughs> on you, but at the same time, things have changed a lot just in the last two years, haven't they? They have, they, they, they've changed tremendously. And we've, we've started putting, I guess you could call it good money to use instead of just <laughs> bad money. As opposed to that bad money we'd been using. Right, yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, I can tell you when you go, when I tell you how it is, if we have RFQ meetings every Wednesday with right. Kelly, if we, if we want to spend a, a large amount of money over a certain amount, we have to have an RFQ meeting with Kelly. Is, is that where Dr. No comes in? That's what I heard. <laughs> Dr. No. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You better have your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted when you go to an RFQ meeting, because you're fixing to be hit with some questions mm-hmm. and you better, you, you know, it, and, and it better be to the betterment of the village, and it better be good money spent. And and hey, you know, he's all about letting you do what needs to be done if it sure. needs to be done. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's one thing that that you know that's that's kind of changed. But we're we're actually using the material that we get out of our lakes now. Uh, really? You know, where, where, give me an example where you're using it. Well, you know, last year we built a right away where the power company had decimated the side of the entrance to Balboa Gate. We we actually built a right away there with our with our material last year. With your leftover material. With our leftover material. Wow. Um we mixed it with some compost we got, uh kind of got some of the rocks out of it and mixed it with some of the compost we got and actually allowed property owners to come get it last spring to use for uh topsoil. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, and and you know we've started using so much stuff internally. You know they redone the bunkers on Granada, mm-hmm. so out here where my office is, you know where my office is at the pit. Yeah, uh, so they brung the sand out here. Well, now when used to when you, when the construction department put in water or sewer utilities, mm-hmm. they had to purchase sand to to bed that with. So when mm-hmm. you backfill it with rocks, it don't knock a hole in it. Exactly. Now we've got sand out here left over from the bunker, so we don't have to buy sand. You know, I mean, it's just different ways of saving money and using what we have internally instead of just pushing it off in a hole or hauling it away somewhere. You know, it's uh, it's just uh, you know, we can use it. 
Well, it's also a global review, isn't it? I mean, because you you have to look at it from the five mile high and go, okay, we're pulling this this material out of the lake and we're going to send it to the landfill in Hot Springs, what, what, what or, or wherever, right? Well, and, actually, they <clears throat> they they were pushing it off in the hole out here at the pit, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's changed and uh, and we're we're put, we're putting it to use. I mean, we use some on the golf courses. Hey, they they come out and got. Uh, I think about 12, 14 dump truck loads that they've used out of it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's worked out real good. We, yeah. you know, we were repurposing a lot of things. Well, you, you've made a tremendous difference in the last few years, really. Well, uh, I, I, well, I appreciate that. I've, I've heard that actually, I've, I've not, not blowing my tooting my own horn or, you know, my administration's horn, but, you know, I have to see property owners quite regularly looking mm-hmm. at their houses and stuff and, and I tell you, uh, you know, I've been here for 27 years now, I believe. And, and, uh, the property owners, uh, the feedback I get from them is just, it's, it's amazing, you know, how much they're so happy and, and they see the change and they, they love the way things are going. And, and me personally, as an employee, I see the, uh, you know, the morale of the, of the staff is, is, is increasing. So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's all changing for the better. Well, people want to succeed. They do. They, they, they do. You know, even the laziest guy in the crowd goes, "Well, I, I want it to work well. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want it to go okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but but when and it's easy for morale to improve when we're all on the same team, all going the same direction. Somebody has a great idea. Well, what are y'all going to do with that sand? We're going to pull out of the bunkers. Well, no, 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 no. Let's let's not let that get away. Right. Let, let's mm-hmm. come back to my, one of my favorite topics, and and I'll, I'll have to let you go. I know you've got a, a schedule, and so do I here, real quick, but. Thinning timber. Okay. We started with that and we started doing it for tips, but mm-hmm. okay. Let, let's just, let, let's call it as it is. Thinning timber because you has, you have ips <clears throat> is a lot like trying to get a vaccine after you've got the flu, right? It is. It is. Uh, you know, you've got to, it, it's best to be proactive with this and, and we, we're trying to be in, in lots of our areas and we've successfully, uh, been in a few areas down toward the east end mm-hmm. uh this is probably to be honest with you dennis since i've since i've been here and been kind of regulating this this is probably the farthest west that i've seen this bad of an infestation really i mean yeah it's i mean it's 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 a very very bad infestation well we, you and i would call this mid-village this is not east. Yeah. This is not west. Yeah. It's kind of mid village, and and the the trees there, as we talked about a million times, there's deciduous, there's hickories, there's trees, there's some cedars, there's a lot of pine there, but it's a mix of things. I can see on the east end, in my opinion, where it's all plantation pine and it's packed way too tight together. You're waiting for something like this. You, yeah. you, you're kind of asking for it. I I wouldn't have thought it in the middle to save my soul. That's why when you said, I'm like, really by the, by the helipad, basically by the boat launch. Really? Yeah. It's uh well, it's actually over off of Murillo mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where, the, where the boat ramp is there. Oh, oh duh, I'm sorry. Yeah. In the middle center. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, but it, I mean, it, 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 like I said, right now there's probably 30 that the bark's slipping out just tightly. I mean, like, when I say 30, I'm not talking about 30 scattered throughout the stand. I'm talking about 30 right together. Man. You know, and, and it just, it just keeps spreading. And, uh, you know, that's why I want to try to get in there real quick, like, and try to get, try to get something done about that to keep. I, it, I had a, because, um, I'm sorry. I had a, uh, um, 
I've got a lot over on Sergio, over on Ponce Golf Course. Beautiful area. We were cleaning up some of the the stuff there, and and I had my guys out, and we had a tree. Maybe I could have reached around, might have taken both of us, you know, big tree. And down at the bottom, there was this little white powder all the way around it, little bitty holes and little bitty white powder. And as I looked up, the bark was loose on it. And one of the guys said, I hope we can save that. And I was like, no, we couldn't have saved that tree six months ago. You know, when you see that little powder on the ground and the bark is already loose, it's gone, 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 right? Yeah, it's gone. And the thing about it is, you know, when it's when it's quiet outside, the funny thing about it is when it's real quiet, you can hear them. You can what? Actually, really? You can you can hear them chomping. Is it like a? Yeah, yeah. You can actually hear them. I mean, do, do they get in? Do they they get in the bark and then they go to the heart. What do they do? They they get in the bark. They go. They tunnel their way into the into the into the heart of it. And you know, the thing about it is, Dennis, I can actually, which I'm going to off of this stand over here. I'm selling some of the beetle infested timber. You had said uh, some of it can be really beautiful because it's got these oh, it's, stripes in it. I, uh, yeah, we, I, I brung uh, some in and showed some of the guys. Uh, it was, it was a one by that yeah. had been planed and it was out of some of our beetle infested pine. And it, it is absolutely beautiful because it's got different colors in it. The pine does, it's got blue, red. But anyhow, uh, so we're going to sell some of that. Well, I hope know, so. Instead and, of just yeah, being a total loss. But the thing, the thing about it is that that I, the, you know, that I'm, I really hope people understand is, it's when we come into your area, and we're cutting pine trees and we're we're thinning pine trees, we're not coming in destroying the forest. We're not coming in destroying the woods. You know, uh, if you talk to the Arkansas Department of Agriculture, they'll tell you, whenever you look into a forestry plan. You're not looking at it for next year. You're looking at it for five years down the road. And that's how you got to view something. So when we're coming in, we're cutting these trees. We're not coming in to, to destroy your forest. We're not coming in to destroy the village. We're coming in to, to prepare that forest and to manage it to where if, you know, beetles was to hit a tree or two, then we're going to have the proper spacing. They're not going to spread through a whole area like they have down here off Marillo. Well, and, and Todd, we need to go back to the basics real quick. And certainly I'm not a registered forest like you and, and some of my buddies, but, uh, you know, you have an acre, you know, the, the average home, the average lot in the village for, for people who don't know, the average lot in the village is about a third of an acre. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, probably. In, in DeMonte, it's, it's usually a half acre, but it's, it's a third most other places. So put three lots together and drive down the road and imagine where three lots would be. And if you have any problem with that, look and see where the, the telephone pole box is or the cable box. And then there, there'll be two lots and then there'll be half of another. When imagine that area, that's, that's about an acre. Okay. Yeah. You and I both know, Todd, you need between 80 and a hundred trees total on that acre. Total. And there, oh, yeah, we have yeah, lots, you, we have areas that there's four and 500 trees on an acre and nobody's going to win. You're going to have short stunted growth all the time. The trees are never going to get tall and beautiful. It needs it. I, I don't look my most beautiful when I get a haircut, Todd, but I need a haircut <laughs> occasionally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you know, we're actually working on something right now. <clears> here. <throat> uh, it's a waiver to where the property owner, if we're thinning common area behind these undeveloped lots. Oh, really? If, yeah, if they want their lot thin, we'll thin it for them while we're coming through. Man, that, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's the biggest change in 50 years, brother. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, the people that have had your job before, 
I don't think they did as good as they could have done. Certainly not as well as you're doing. And I mean that sincerely, but, but they were so hamstrung. You know, I was talking about the area just West of, of uh, Barcelona there across from the, and I, I was thinking more down by the helipad. I'm sorry. I was thinking the walking trail by that side, yeah. but uh, just to the West there across from the Catholic church. Okay. Mm-hmm. That area has, a lot of green space, a lot, some green space, 15, 20%, but the vast majority of that are privately owned lots that you can't do anything about. They, they've got an infestation running rampant. How are you going to go on their private property and cut their trees, right, Todd? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, without these waivers that we're we're working on coming up with for these people to sign. And and the thing about it is, if you've got pine beetles, Dennis, and, and you know, you go through thin in your common area, they may, if they're covered up on all these private lots and you don't have access to go cut them out and all these beetles are there, then you're not doing any good, you know, basically, you know, so, you know, if these people assign these waivers and allow us to to go in and thin their lots too, then we can, you know, we can eventually have this kind of uh, the way that we need it to be done. Well, and, and let's, let's look at the bigger picture just for a minute. If you'll assign a waiver, if we can cut the, the at-risk trees off of your lot, when you do get ready to build on that lot, you're going to have the big, beautiful, healthy trees that you want, and you can keep some of them as opposed to, I, and, and it's just my beef, and, and I'm, I'm going to call you out, East End, as opposed to bulldozing it flat yeah, and putting a, putting a, a sediment fence around it and then trying to put, fence it, put, put trees back in it. Maybe if we didn't cut all the trees down in the first place, it wouldn't be such a problem, right? Right, right. And, you know, I just, I just cut some, <clears throat> um, matter of fact, this past week off of Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona way up toward the west end of the village. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so Cosby, he was my, he was the, the guy that cut it for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went up there several times while, while the project was going on. And, uh, people, they talk about these big, beautiful pine trees. Okay. Why are you cutting these, these big, beautiful pine trees? Did you know about 40% of the pine trees we took out from there that we had to cut about 10 or 12 foot off of them because they were so doughy at the stump? And by really? doughy, I mean, I mean, they had reached their age. Yep. Pine trees have got a certain age. Uh, you know, they, they've got an age limit that they reach and they begin to die. And when they begin to die, they start beginning to get doughy from the inside out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is completely I, useless to everybody and everything, even the right. bugs. Yeah. And that, that's when you have to do a, a jump butt cut is what the old, uh, redneck saying for it is when you're out there cutting them. But, you have to do a jump, but that means you have to cut up to get uh, a log, you know, to so, get so something let me get good. This straight. So, so you would start to cut the bottom of it and, and the, 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 the debris that's coming out, the chips that are coming out are just doughy and soft and gooey. And you say, okay, well, well I can't use that. You just got to go higher up on the tree until you get good grain, right? Well, to make, to, to kind of uh, give you, kind of make it understandable for the people, uh, you know, if you cut it at the stump, Mm -hmm. At the the bottom of the stump, you fall your tree. About 40% of these trees, you could take your finger and stick it in the middle of them. And apparently people don't want to make lumber out of that, right? No, they don't, they don't want, you know, it's, it's useless, but people then they, they say, well, why are you cutting these big, beautiful trees? Well, they've done reached their age. You would have left them for about another six months to a year. Then they would have been, you know, on the ground, on the ground. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, about, about probably about 30 to 40% of these trees were, were doughy and we could, wow. You know, we had would would you have, and uh, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be critical of past people, but would you have called that area managed or was it just overlooked? 
I mean, it was thinned once before. It really? Wasn't thinned hard. Yeah, it wasn't thinned hard enough, though. Oh. It, you know, it needed to have been thinned a little bit more. And in some of these areas that they they actually thinned back, you know, way back, uh, you know, they can be they they need to be thinned again uh, because a pine tree is going to seed itself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you you can you, you go in and and you talk about you know you've got all these different cuttings that you can tell somebody you want to do. You can do a seed cutting. And that's where you cut everything, leave a pine tree about every acre and let it seed itself and re- rebuild itself. But, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they hit the, they, they did then a bunch of, a bunch of land out here way back then, like probably 15, 20 years ago, maybe mm-hmm. well, but they didn't, uh, there's several areas they didn't hit hard enough. Hmm. You know, it's funny, and you you don't know that for ten or fifteen years, and, but, and you don't. But the, the the phrase that you mentioned, and and that everybody needs to know, is that trees have an age; they will age and they will die. And if you want to get the, the 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 useful value out of them, I mean, I love seeing a hundred and fifty year old oak. That's majestic. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It ain't going to be here another fifty years, no, and it may not and, be here another twenty years. And the thing about it is. People, you know, we're not in, we're not doing this for the money. We're, we're doing this to manage our forest, but I had rather get some revenue if I could off of it. Sure. Instead of letting it lay on the ground and rot. Yeah. That's, I, I, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, the way that well, they look at it. One of them seems wise and the other one seems wasteful. Right. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and we, you know, it's not just me making the decisions. I've got a committee, common property committee. They help mm-hmm. me, you know, with it. There's some registered foresters on that, you know, and, and we get together and we make decisions on where we're going to cut and how, how bad we want to hit it, you know, and, and, uh, they actually live here in the village. And, uh, and so, I mean, so there's, there's several different opinions that goes into this bowl to create the final equation of what we want to do. As a, so, as a guy who owns a lot of trees. Those three guys you're talking about and that, that that timber committee, yeah, I would trust them with anything I own oh, because yeah. it's it's simply, uh, you know, uh, Bart, for example, mm. he has more experience than you and I could ever. I mean, we're never exactly. going to live to be as old as Bart is, but that. <laughs> I hope we do, Dennis. <laughs> you know how old he is. I, do. I don't. No, I no, no. I, I'm I joking. Hope I live to be that old. <laughs> I do too. No, and he's a, he's yeah. a super sweet, funny guy. I just oh, I love, I him, love to him to death. Yeah. Uh, but no, that said, I, I love having him explain the forest to me too, because yeah. I understand it in a different way. You know, and and he puts the cookies on a very low shelf for me. You know, well, you know, you got to have needles so it can make food. To yeah, well, oh, duh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. But it's just not something you think about every day. Something I'm going to leave our our people with, and and thank you for those who have stayed with us this long, and I appreciate it. I'm going to make a, a statement, and you don't have to make a comment, but we'll just we'll just talk about it, okay? Mm-hmm. The future of the village, and the health and the future of the village will involve significant tree thinning. It it will it will, and, and that's yeah. just that, that's not I'm not punitive i'm not mad i'm not angry i'm not hoping i'm not wishing i wish we didn't have to todd i remember when i started coming here 23 years ago i would drive down to soto and think well this is just a really beautiful place i leave the poa and i drive down to the bottom of of, Menorca. is that the one right there at the roller coaster hill yeah yeah look at the size of those trees on the side of the road todd those Mm -hmm. are monsters they're 60 and 80 foot monsters oh they are 
I mean, they need to be trimmed or we're going to not have power one day, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That yeah. bad boy is going to be laying across the power lines and across the road, and then it's wasted. It, it, a, the, the timber company doesn't want it after it's fallen. Right. And another thing, if we get an ice storm, a pine tree is first to come down. Tell us and, why, Todd. Give that reason. Well, you got all the, the greenery up top, <clears throat> all the pine beetles. Or I, I say pine beetles, I'm sorry. Pine needles. Pine needles. Needles. You so that makes them top heavy up top. Yeah. And, and, and your eye sticks to it. Anytime you get an ice storm, you look at your pine trees and, and you see all the ice and the weight. And most of them are hanging over the road like this. Oh yeah. And they're gorgeous. They are. Wow. They are. But, uh, it causes the limbs to break off, fall on the road. Tops break off, fall on the road. Your bigger pine trees snap, you know, fall on power lines. Uh, that's where a bunch of your outages come from. So, you know, that's, that's, that's another, another thing about it too. Well, but hey, uh, uh-huh. before I leave, Dennis, sure. if you drive if you drive to Soda, check out the wildflowers there on. I have noticed the wildflowers there. Did and, somebody and hydro seed with some wildflowers there, Todd? Uh, no, but I seeded it two or three years ago, and I didn't think they took. But you know what? <laughs> they, they they're coming up, so I'm kind of proud of my wildflowers. I had to get that little tidbit in. I don't, buddy. But, I don't blame you. And I tell you what, if you can <laughs> if you can grow if you can grow wildflowers in broken and sh- shattered chert and red clay, God love you. <laughs> Well, the energy cut their. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Where they oh, yeah. cut their their power line out, going up toward the west gate, and they needed and, to. It uh, was going to be yeah. a problem. And I, I actually asked them if they'd cut the little bit. You know, we've got a little land between their their right of way and our right of way. Really? You know? Yeah. yeah. And and they usually leave a little strip. Well, I asked the guy from Energy if he didn't care to have them cut it all. Yeah. And he did, and it looks real good. So I seeded all that with wildflowers. So. Fingers crossed and a lot of prayers. Maybe we'll have some more here in a couple of years. So what do you think about the, where the power lines, where the power lines cross DeSoto right here on DeSoto Lake or DeSoto road and back to the THA office, back down to the four way stop? Can, can they see that or is that just going to come back up natural real I, soon? I think we, we, we seeded all that. I seeded Did everything really? that they cut. Yeah. I want to see that's going to be awesome. Every bit and, well, uh, let, let me tell you a story real quick. Two stories that I think are going to be pertinent, and, and you know the stories, but I, I, I want to repeat for our guest real quick. Uh, Diane and I live here on Lake DeSoto. It's about 775 feet elevation, okay? And you think, well, okay, big woo. Well, they call that place down at Hot Springs, they call it the Valley of the Vapors for a reason. It's around 250 to 300 feet elevation. Diane works down there every day. And I'm watching the weather and going, honey, you need to get home now. No, 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 it's fine. There's nothing here in Hot Springs. You're not listening. Get in the car and come this way, honey. Oh, no, no, it won't be a, and at about 15 minutes through her 30-minute drive, she'll call and go, boy, I wish I'd left earlier. (laughs) No kidding, Sherlock. No kidding, Sherlock. (laughs) Yeah. We have completely different thermoclines than Hot Springs does. Okay. Mm, well, that, that's not that much to expect. I mean, 775 feet versus maybe 300, 350 feet. Man, that's not that big a deal. Let me tell you the smaller story. We live right here on Lake DeSoto, 775 feet. Um, been three years ago. Had a foggy, foggy, cool morning. Beautiful, you know, in its own way. Got in the car, a uh, little high powered Mercedes with lots of power on the back end and no weight. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started driving up to DeSoto. I drove up Sierra, hit DeSoto, went over, hit, <clears throat> is it Alicante that's right there by the power lines? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hit Alicante, went up and I turned right onto Bellina. I am less than four tenths of a mile from my house. The roads are iced over. The pine trees are hanging over the road. And the more I go up the hill, I can't even go up the hill. Remember high yeah. power, low weight, all that kind of thing. 
And I am not a half mile and probably not 150 feet of elevation from my own house. And those pine trees are just drooping now. It's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It looks like a crystal factory. You it know, it does. It does. It, 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 it magnificently beautiful. But I'm telling that story and and echoing your your pine needle story. Man, it, it it's going to be an issue if we don't get a hold of it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And and hey, they they'll absolutely destroy some of these roads. Well, I, I know this because I've had to I've had to <clears> run a snowplow for years out here. We we I've had to work during the you during and Johnny Bratton. You and yeah, Johnny Bratton, I, right? Me and Johnny Bratton, you you remember that? But oh yeah. Anyhow, so we run these snow plows. We come up to these roads, you know, and hey, you you just couldn't get down them. Had to get out with a chainsaw, and you'd cut them, and boy, I mean, they would just pop. The top would pop off of them when you you just stick a chainsaw up against them. Top would pop, and then it'd throw back up. You know, it makes it dangerous. You got to watch what you're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and you're out there at one two o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, it's uh. But yeah, they the the pine trees they do they 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 can absolutely destroy a road. And another thing, Dennis, they provide a shade over the asphalt, so therefore it takes the ice longer, longer to melt off of it. It 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 makes the asphalt after rain stay wet longer, mm-hmm. and therefore it's deteriorating your asphalt, costing money for overlays. So you know, there's a whole bunch of ways of looking at it. But. Well, no, that okay. So let's say that the snow melts. Let's say it melts and it runs down onto the side of the street. Okay. Well, overnight, it's going to freeze back. Where is it going to freeze back first? In the shade of the trees. Where is it going to thaw mm-hmm. first? In the middle of the sun. So those areas that are already impacted are more impacted, right? Right. They are. They are. I'm going to, I'm going to echo with my final comment. I'm going to echo back to uh, one of my other shows. When you said you were there with one and, one and two o'clock in the morning with a chainsaw and a snowplow, uh, what was the name of that show I did? Uh, you couldn't pay me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent many nights out here. <laughs> Todd, right man, you, I, I hope you make a good living because I got news for you. We appreciate you, and I know it's not all what you do for the money, I promise. Hey, Dennis, I appreciate you and all you do for the village. and Just uh, you do you do a great job. It's an honor to be on here with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Todd. We'll have you again soon. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Todd Knowles. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.